She wanted to take the risk of Shoppable, which she did in 2011, launched officially 2012, has now a team of 20 based in New York City. They've raised about 5 million bucks, have over 438 merchants with over 2,000 brands using their platform, paying anywhere between 10 grand and 90 grand per year, some smaller, some more, but doing well north of 500 grand per month in revenue. This is episode 726. Coming up tomorrow morning, we'll learn why people pay this guy 10 million plus per year or $4 on every $10 in ads that he manages. But first, here's today's episode. This is The Top where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit sold mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Hello, everybody. My guest is Heather Marie. She is the founder and CEO of a company called Shoppable, a technology company that helps media companies, brands, and retailers bring the checkout experience to anywhere a consumer discovers or engages with their products. While the Shoppable, uh, sorry, while with Shoppable, she won the 2013 Women in Digital Award from L'Oreal and was named one of the 10 most powerful millennials in Manhattan. I love that title by Gotham Magazine and one of the 11 tech gurus changing the luxury game by Refinery29. The company was a 2014 Webby Award honoree for online shopping, a 2016 Webby honoree for technical achievement, and named one of the 100 brilliant companies by Entrepreneur magazine heather are you ready to take us to the top yep absolutely my gosh you're winning awards all over the place so do you own new york city yet <laughs> not yet just a small part of it there's <laughs> a small goal right small goal exactly so tell us about the company uh, tell us you know what it does specifically yeah so we um you know uh, kind of taking it from, from from the top here we created a technology that essentially lets um you purchase anything that you see anywhere online. So if you think about um, e-commerce um, in general, you can, of course, purchase things directly on any retailer's website. But if you think about everything else that exists from um, social media to blogs to publishing content to ads, videos, everything else you see as consumers, we're discovering products so many other places. And prior to Shoppable, there was no way to really make anything shoppable unless it was a, um, a shop itself. So what we're doing is we've created um, patent pending technology uh, that we're bringing to all these different locations outside of traditional retail shops to create shoppable experiences. So like you have this beautiful chicken and egg problem, right? Like it won't work unless you get a lot of these retailers actually using it. So as a consumer like me, when I go and see my friend wearing a pair of jeans on Facebook, I can click it and buy it from whatever the jean company is, right? How do you solve that? Yeah, um, great question. So we, um, when I first started the company in in 20, um, 2011, um, <laughs> have to go way back. <laughs> um, but when I first started it, that was definitely a huge problem, which was how do we, you know, decide who to go, which one to get first, and um, you know, part of it was we found we kind of pitched the concept um, to a number of different retailers, got there. Um, kind of loose buy-in enough to say, you know, these brands are coming on board and then bring them to find our launch partner. And we actually launched the technology with the Wall Street Journal um, during the holidays. And by having them on board, they actually 
you know, as, as someone with the Wall Street Journal, that caliber of um, branding and that, that type of company was able to bring in a bunch of retailers and advertisers that they already work with. And then that kind of helped fulfill um, the need of the products out of the gate for that particular partnership. And it really created this amazing flywheel type of um, experience where once they were onboarded in general for them, they were onboarded for the next company and the next company and the next company. So you have to start somewhere and start small, but um, we've grown tremendously since, since then. So in last year, 2016, how many just individual transactions were processed through your platform, would you estimate? Uh, we don't share specific transaction um, level, but as far as like on the, the, the product catalog side of things, we um, have grown to um, just under 30 million um, products across the whole platform. Yeah, but see, Heather, I'm going to ask this question again because like that, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Like, like here's what I mean. I go to your website and I see the marketplace with most popular stuff listed here. But then yeah. I look at your, your Alexa ranking and it's super low, which means people necessarily aren't seeing these. Like the key to making your thing work is they have to see this Ralph Lauren black and white striped scarf like on somebody on Instagram or on Facebook. Like you have to make the sale happen there, like which is maybe why you don't share, you know, you know, transaction numbers. Like how do you solve that problem? Uh, well, so we solve it by, so we actually are not about um, bringing people to shoppable.com. It's about bringing the technology to where consumers already are. So integrating the technology across a number of other different websites. Can so, you give me an example? I would love to actually see that. Yeah, sure. So like going to, um, like going to, let's go to um, like dove.com is, it, dove? uh, is an easy, yeah, D-O-V-E. Okay. And then um, if you click the product tab, yep. and then just click on anything. Okay. Okay, got so, it. Um, well, it might take you a second to load, but once you get um, get into to product detail pages, um, everything you see here is powered through Shoppable. So without Shoppable, um, an incredible brand like, like, like Dove didn't have the ability to sell products um, from Walmart and Walgreens and Target and all their favorite retailers on their own website. They had to redirect consumers off their site um, and weren't able to make that final, make that connection uh, directly for their, for their customers. So they've integrated shoppable technology. And if you click through, um, I can't see what you're looking at. But I'm, if you buying, click... I'm buying the, I'm <laughs> buying the white beauty bar right now. Cause this face needs more beauty, baby. <laughs> that is a... <laughs> very popular product. So you go, go through that and you'll see all the way through to the checkout experience. Yep. Um, you're able to stay directly within that experience where you're getting all that product information where you, you've um, seen that product. So, Got it. so this, end, this is like this less, is going yeah, this is like less about, uh, sorry, I had this misplaced in my brain. This is less about influencer marketing, right? Buying stuff you see on Facebook and social media and more about letting these brands that didn't have sophisticated backends to even have their own merchandise on their website and you give Giving them the tool set to be able to do that. Yep. Yeah. It's well. It's um, we bring the technology to uh, a number of different types of companies. One, um, you know, big category for us are um, major um, Fortune 100 brands um, and CPG companies, like like the Dub example we're looking at. Um, but yeah, we've done stuff. Um, Shoppable things with other types of publishers, like I mentioned, the Wall Street Journal and Condé Nast and Time Inc. And, what would Wall Street Journal um, sell? Like um, their digital publication or their print publication? Um, digital. Okay, interesting. Yeah, digital. Interesting. And and so, what's your business model? How do you make money? 
So we um, we uh, charge a, it's basically SaaS. So we charge an annual license fee for access to the the, the technology and creating a, a shoppable experience on on someone's site or app or um, video ad, etc. And do you is that license? I imagine you have all kinds of cohorts, big and small. So I'll just ask a generic question: What's the average shoppable customer paying you? Um, we don't share that out, outside. Well, give, give me give me a big range that stays vague, as vague as you want to have it. Um, it's typically, I mean, it's an annual license, so it's t and it's it's typically in the um, five figures. Okay, got it. And is the is it being you know way more than five figures or way less than five figures dependent on like what specific metrics is it? Is it number of SKUs? Is it number of average checkouts? What are the levers that you pull there? Uh, so it depends upon a, a few different things. Part of it is. SKUs part of it um, is um, the size of the site and API call. So, um, you know, some are obviously um, significantly bigger than others. Yep. And then other things, you know, like service tiers, things like that. Got it. Okay. Now that we kind of know more about how the business operates, tell us the juicy stuff, the story. So 2011 was launch date, huh? Uh, well, we started in 2011. We launched in 2012. So what were you doing before 2011? Before 2011, um, I was so I was post acquisition at Monster.com. Oh, okay. Just before that, so I had been um, on the founding team of um, a digital media company called Affinity Labs, and uh, there I was there. I was um, the CEO is Chris Michael, and um, you know it was his idea and his um, genius behind everything. But um, at when the it, agency or at Monster. No, at uh, Affinity Labs. At Affinity, okay. It was pre-Monster, yeah. And then, um, but I was there from the time it was a PowerPoint and um, led sales and business development and account management and sales ops, you know, was kind of a team of one for a while. Then Monster.com acquired that company in, um, well, don't quote me, but um, a couple <laughs> years. <laughs> Wait, like what? After Are we talking like 2008, so. 2005? 2000, yeah, I want to say 2008, 2009, around around that time. Okay, so just to be clear, you were in the, did you do the agency right out of college? Uh, no, it wasn't an agency, it was digital media. It was a digital media Sorry, company. sorry, I keep saying agency. Yeah, yeah. Digital, <laughs> digital media, that was called Affinity. Did you do that right out of college? I did, yes. Okay, so college, Affinity, digital media, you're bought by Monster. Is there an earnout? Do you guys have to all stay on? Um, so it was, um, it was all cash, but then additional incentives afterwards. So I stayed... Um, I, um, I made it two years after the acquisition. That's pretty good. <laughs> Most don't make good. it that long. <laughs> I think of the original, I'm trying to think of like the five people that were there at the beginning. I, there may have been one other person still there when I left, but they may have all gone too. I may have been the last one of the five. So I stayed there until I was ready to, to leave and, um, had been, um, you know, doing an enormous amount of research on the idea of shoppable, which I, um, you know, kind of stumbled across, um, through an aha moment while I was working for, um, for monster during that time in my life. Got it. And what, you know, part of what I want to understand is like, what was in your brain when you thought about leaving monster to take the risk to start shoppable financially, did you already kind of build up a, a pillow, like a buffer from the monster acquisition and from just saving your salary and so, or, or were you really going balls to the wall? You had nothing and you had to make shoppable work. <laughs> Oh no no the the former one hundred percent. I you know I I I think I think a lot of entrepreneurs like tell a certain story and not the truth behind things. Yep. It does no one else justice. And um you know I try to to, to say the truth about uh, 
every single detail that you can. Um, so no, I, um, post acquisition, you know, um, I knew, I knew at some point I was going to start my own company. Even before I took the position with affinity labs, I thought about starting a completely different company at that point in time, uh-huh. didn't do it. So after the acquisition, um, you know, obviously paid off any debt and anything like that. And what debt uh, did you and, have? Um, student loans. And, How much? Um, I don't even remember at that point in time. I had just graduated and it was two years later. So it wasn't, I, I and this was now, I don't know, I feel like 10 years ago. Are we talking though? Like, <laughs> are we talking like 10 grand or a hundred grand in no, debt? Probably closer to like 10. Wasn't okay. that, wasn't that much, but you know, paid off everything and then, um, um, set aside, um, a portion, um, of, of cash knowing that I'm going to be doing this relatively soon. Tell me, tell me your secret formula. What portion of cash did you make sure you put away so you could live with the rest? Um, I assumed that you could go, you know, as you know, I think it depends on what people want, but I wanted to make sure I could go for two years without taking a dime. And I wanted to kind of overestimate what everyone else says. And then just plan because you know nothing else. You're sitting on extra cash, which is you know never a bad place to be in. But you also don't want to be desperate as an entrepreneur either. Um, so I set that aside. And then while I was still at Monster, making a nice corporate salary, getting sales bonuses and things like that, I took that opportunity to um, you know continue to set stuff aside, start to um, you know pay out for for certain things that I needed to to do on the weekend to prepare to to quit my job. And then I also um, downsized from my nice condo in the Soma district. What did that cost? <laughs> the condo I was probably paying at that point in time as a one bedroom in Soma for like twenty four hundred. Crazy. Like <laughs> what did you downsize um, to? I moved to Sausalito, um, so I moved across the Golden Gate Bridge and lived in a tiny one bedroom that, like, it sat on the hill. I had like a tiny water view. Um, but like floor is so thin that you could hear your, your neighbors walking. And I'm pretty sure the guy hit the ceiling with a broom when he, whenever I walked across the apartment. <laughs> what would you pay for um, that? I probably paid around a thousand dollars or something. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a lot, but it was enough to know, okay, I need to start downsizing, going to get rid of, um, you have no income pretty soon yep. and just prepare for that. So yeah, guys, that was kind of the prep. I want to pull this out of Heather's story because she talks about it like it's vanilla, but one people rarely talk about this. And two people assume she mentioned she put away and Heather, correct me if any part of this I'm repeating is wrong, right? Cause I want to get it right. She put away two years, right. Of what, if she had no salary, what her living expenses would be that she could live and not have to worry. Right. So she's giving herself basically a two year runway on shoppable. Once she had that put away, she's going, okay, now I have two more triggers. I have to pull before I jump in full fledged one, save some of my monster salary as risk capital, right. That I can throw out <laughs> shoppable. Right. So I don't have to give up equity to investors. And then two, you can also limit your expenses, people. So many entrepreneurs I talk to do, Nathan, I don't have any money. I don't have any money. Baloney, Uh you have it, right? There's two ways that you can increase your buffer. One is save more money. The second is live on less. Heather did both. And that's one of the reasons I think that's one of the things that makes entrepreneurs successful because you do that in business as well. Yeah. No, it's a huge thing. And honestly, going from from someone right out of um, college to a great job and then post acquisition acquisition money it was very i i had to change so many habits because i and, and habits that you i probably shouldn't have had in the first place but you know you, the bill comes at dinner and you just add the tip and you sign it and it goes away and someone's like how much did that cost i couldn't tell you cuz i wasn't paying attention to those details cuz at that point in my time at that point in my life i just kind of was a little too fast and loose with money 
So I had to stop those types of things, stop any online shopping. But for someone for starting an online, you know, e-commerce business, it was incredibly difficult. It was it was incredibly <laughs> difficult. I had to make manage return policies, and anytime I was testing, I had to make sure it went back again. That's so funny. <laughs> on the other end. Um, but yeah, you definitely have to change your habits. And so fast forward, Heather, we're running out of time. Fast forward on the shoppable story. So bootstrapped or have you raised capital? No, we've um, we raised about five million. Okay, you raised five million. And what year? I, I assume you probably did that in many rounds. What was the most recent? Um, that was last uh, um, July, August, thereabout. Okay, so about a year ago. That's right. That, so, so right now, you're either raising another round of capital uh, or you're selling to Shopify. Which one is it? <laughs> Not selling to Shopify, it's neither. And not, not Come on, Heather. <laughs> Come on. Yep. She's smiling. I don't believe you. All right. <laughs> Just kidding. What are you? So are you guys are you break even right now or are you still burning cash? No, we're um we're above break even. That's so. great. The, the goal was, you know, and part of this was my strategy is I don't want to be one of those companies that's making announcement after announcement, taking cash. And then giving up equity for it, I don't think that um, venture capitalism, um, you know, is a metric for success. I'd rather have the equity and have, you know, take care of the uh, the, the team and um, the original investors and give out as little as possible and create a real business that's generating revenue. Yep. What's your team size to date? Uh, we're about 20. Okay, 20, all based in San Fran? No, all based in New York now. Oh, New York now. Okay, very good. Oh, yes. that, okay, so you made the trip. You were talking about Soma and moving over the Golden Gate Bridge. At some point, you moved to the East Coast. I did after I, I made it. was in uh, Sausalito for about six months. And waking up early every morning, uh, um, calling on retailers and media companies in New York, and um, it was just taking forever. It was going so slow. So I went on a business trip to New York. And on the second day, um, second or third day I was, I was here, I, you know, it became so obvious. I said, like, I, you didn't leave, did you? No, I mean, I came back and got my stuff and came back 30 days later. It it just became so obvious that this type of business need to be based in New York and we can move so much faster. Yep. Um, so, so where are you at? Last few questions here. Where are you at today in terms of, you said 30 million, I think you said SKUs or products on your platform, but how many merchants is that across is, can I just pull that number off your, on, off your (laughs) shoppable thing? Yeah, we're about four, 400 and some merchants. Yeah, 438 is what you've got listed here. And then that you, sounds right. <laughs> what's the difference between merchants and brands? You say 2,000 brands. So um, one merchant could have um, hundreds of brands. So a merchant could be someone like Saks Fifth Avenue, whereas a brand could be someone like Theory. Oh, I see. Yes. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Yep. And then can I do, you mentioned earlier, you're, you're kind of annually, and this is a, a kind of a general thing you threw out, but you said annually, these folks, it depends, but they'll pay on average, you know, low five, maybe high five figures per year. So can I add a minimum, which would be call it a grand per month, which comes out to about small, small five figures per year, but a grand per month multiplied by 438 and assume you're doing somewhere north, way north of half a million per month in revenue um more (laughs) way more right yes i'm trying i'm trying to be respectful that you don't want to tell me the exact number but also put a floor so people understand some of your success yeah 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 um that's that's fair do you want to make that more specific no i don't (laughs) i don't want anything out there we keep it keep it quiet that's smart look sometimes it's smart sometimes it pays off to be it it all depends on your strategy but that's good stuff 
It's good Let to control the in information. It 100, 100% is. I know you guys enjoy listening to every episode each morning, but what if there was an easy way for you to get all of the data I capture on my podcast in a very simple Excel-like format, where you just go there, you view it, you sort all the companies by revenue or CAC or ARPU or lifetime value or churn or gross margin or valuation, whatever you want. You can now get it. I spent $25,000 to build a beautiful piece of website. Okay, that's what we'll call it, a beautiful piece of website. It's getlatka.com, G-E-T-L-A-T-K-A.com. Now, here's the deal. This data is super valuable. I think Mattermark, CB Insights, PitchBook, they do a great job with data, but they don't tell you revenue and customer counts and revenue per employee and gross margin. This is stuff I have that nobody else has because I've done the interviews. If you want to be and get an advantage, I'm only giving it to 10 new people every month. 10 people. So if you're hearing this now, you're probably one of the first. Go to getlatka.com and sign up immediately. It's free to use, free to check out, but it's a great resource. I'm only giving it to 10 people every month so that it's a real advantage. You know, if I give it to everybody, it's not an advantage area anymore. So only 10. Go to getlatka.com for the top 200 B2B SaaS companies and all the data laid right there for you to study, analyze, interpret, and get an unfair advantage. That's G-E-T-L-A-T-K-A.com. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Um, I would say um, Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, I would say Jennifer Hyman from Rent the Runway. Uh, no, yes, yeah, so good. Uh, number three, is there a favorite online tool you have, like Acuity Scheduling? Um, right now, it's still Boomerang for Gmail. Yep. Number four, how, uh, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Usually about six. That's pretty good. And what's your situation? Married, single? Do you have kids? Um, engaged, getting married in three weeks. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> That's so exciting. Okay, Thank good. You. So no kiddos yet, right? Not yet. All right. And do you mind me asking how old you are? Um, 32. Okay. So last question. Take us back 12 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Um, I would say um, just how long everything takes. I mean, everything, um, I think patience is incredibly important and preparation is important, which um, we've been, but, um, yeah, I think having an idea of how long certain things, things take, uh, would certainly, um, be a helpful thing to know. <laughs> there you guys have it from Heather. Things take longer than you expect. You got to be patient. And she was right out of college, went to work again at a, an early agency that was a uh, acquired by, or digital marketing that was acquired by Monster, uh, and about five people before it was acquired. She stayed there for two years, saved up, saved up, saved up, knowing she wanted to take the risk of shoppable, which she did in 2011, launched it officially 2000. 12 has now a team of 20 based in New York City. They've raised about 5 million bucks, have over 438 merchants with over 2,000 brands using their platform, paying anywhere between 10 grand and 90 grand per year, some smaller, some more, but doing well north of 500 grand per month in revenue. Heather, you're on a tear. Thank you for taking us to the top. All right, thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode with Heather Marie, go back and listen to Charlie yesterday and learn why he gave up his $3.5 million real estate empire so he could jump into group coaching. 